Welcome into an all-new episode of the Tailgate Podcast. I'm Aaron, joined by Just Duncan this week. Because Ty is not with us, because there was once upon a time this story of Don and Ty sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in a baby carriage. Well, we know all that's already happened, Ty is not with us today because they got tired of said tree, and they're looking at houses today. Absolutely. So we wish Don and Ty the best as they go and look at a house today. More important thing, life gets in the way, you know? We're only talking about the NFL and college football. Mm-hmm. It's the first week, so we got plenty more weeks to talk about it. Ty will be back with us next week. And we have his picks, so we're good. And we got his picks, so, you know, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He, yeah, yeah Pat, Pat Show, all of football is back this week. College started last week. We're this in, week baby. is the NFL. We're in. Uh, get to kick off with my Cowboys on Thursday Night Football against the defending Super Bowl champs. Bastards. Those bastards. <laughs> Not rap bastards, though. We'll get to that Ooh. later. Ah. <laughs> a preview. Yes. Uh, but we will start with the NFL. Uh, cracking open our shotgun headlines. Hi-ya. Not necessarily headlines today because we just get to talk about matchups. You know, you know what we love to do? We love talking about sports on this show. I mean, and variety of sports. Obviously, we got so much in the NBA during the playoffs and the draft and all that other stuff. But what is home for us? What is the wheelhouse, man? Man. Football, baby. Football. Football. College, it. NFL, both of them. We just mm-hmm. all about it. We are in our wheelhouse right now. That's and so it's a fun week of college this week, too. We'll it was a very fun week. Who, who would have thought the most ranked matchups for a week one in like 50 years, yeah. something like that, uh, and it produced a lot of good games. Uh, some surprise games, too, but some we are going to... Surprising games. Yeah. We are definitely going to start with the NFL first, so uh, if you don't remember last season, we picked like five to six matchups mm-hmm. that we wanted we usually, to break down. We usually we do like the primetime mm-hmm. games, the Chiefs game more often than not because, yep. you know... We're in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, first game, obviously, Cowboys in versus Tampa. Ty has the Bucks winning. He says he has the Cowboys covering. I actually have a very similar prediction. I think that it'll be a very close game, but I do think Tampa at home coming off of a Super Bowl win in front of, yeah, I already said it, in front of their home crowd. Uh, I do think that they win by a field goal. Um, I also have. This thing about I don't really like to pick the Cowboys in big games because they always seem to falter when I do that. So, but it is a genuine prediction. I do think that that's how the game will go. What do you think, Dunk? We got two on the Bucks. You gonna stick with the Bucks or are you going? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I am going Dallas in this game. I think finally some team. I think Dallas is gonna be the team that is going to end the streak of defending Super Bowl champions, winning on the Thursday night opener. Mm. Chiefs did it last year. Patriots did it the week before, or the year before. Like, it's it's time. It's time to end that. And I think we saw, we've seen hard knocks. We know how fired up Dak Prescott is. It's going to be the first time he's seen, he's seen live action in damn near a year. Mm-hmm. I think Dak's going to come out and ball out. I think the Cowboys are going to come out gangbusters. And, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a good game. But I do find this Tampa Bay team, yes, I am picking them to win the South, but I I, I think coming out the gate, they're going to have a stumble, and Dallas is, is going to get their uh, 2021 campaign kicked off right. I'm going Cowboys. Okay. 
Of note that I, I believe that I remember seeing that uh, Tom Brady is undefeated against the Cowboys in his career. Well, all good things must come to an end. There you go. And that's a terrible thing. So uh, terrible things also must come to an end. You know, let's let's save the Chiefs for last. Uh, Bears Rams on Sunday Night Football. Bears. You're going to no, Bears. I'm not actually. I just like to say. <laughs> um, if Justin no, Fields I, is starting, I might give them a chance. No, I'm going Rams for sure. Yeah. I, I I think we're all Rams on that one. I'm very high, and we didn't. We we had the the great episode we did last week from uh, Cinderblock, which again, thank you to Matt and everybody yep. from Cinderblock. That was a, a lot of fun we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't get to elaborate very much because we had to. We we were, you know had time constraints, and so I didn't get to really get into much of my NFC West. Like I found myself more so, and I think. Ty, the same is we we're basically like talking more about the teams at the bottom of the mm-hmm. divisions than we were the actual teams we were predicting to win. And I said like I like the Rams to, to win it, and that's in large part because of Matt Stafford. Having said that, like I don't like their offensive line. I mean Andrew Whitworth, he's got to fall off the cliff at some point. Yeah, he's almost forty. Yep. Like he might even turn forty during the season. I'm not sure. Um, he's at least he's thirty nine. Like. Mm-hmm. This that's this does not happen. Of course, yes, we are in a time where we just watched a forty-three-year-old quarterback win a Super Bowl. But who knows? People are defying age. I just—he's their best lineman. I don't like the rest of that offensive line very much. It's just at some point it has to hit a wall. Hopefully, it's not this season because the, man, just man, I would, yeah, I would have feel so bad for Matt Stafford if this is the year that like Andrew Whitworth does fall. And I think that he will have some tough a tough time against. Some great pass rushers that they're going to face this year. J.J. Watt, uh, Chandler Jones. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I just, the Rams, the talent of the Rams team, it's, they're better at the positions that matter. Uh, quarterback, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily all across the board at receiver, but they got some receiver talent. I, They've got a lot of number twos. That's mm-hmm. where, because I mentioned last week how, like, I Tyler Lockett, I think, is the C, is Seattle's number one. And he kind of, sure. Aaron gave me a funny look, and, and rightfully so, because D.K. Metcalf is also a number one. That's because they're both number ones, and they are yeah. they are better than any receiver. Like either one of them would be the number one in Los Angeles. Yeah, um, for either Los Angeles franchise, actually, I'll say even better than Keenan Allen. So, um, hot take. That is a hot, hot take. take. We'll see how that. I might goes. be a little bit biased. <laughs> I think you're a little Lockett. biased on that. Um, Keenan but, Allen's a fantastic player. No, he is. Um, he just thinks he's better than Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. And oh, that's just wrong. not. He's wrong. Um, but no, I just. Uh, like there's just they've got a lot of good twos and threes at receiver between mm-hmm. Woods and and Cooper Cup and you know they've drafted two two Atwell and uh, they I mean they drafted somebody else uh, Van Jefferson last yeah. year they brought in Deshaun Jackson like uh, of note I think and I I think the Van will have a, a breakout season two maybe not like establish himself as a number one quite yet. But I think Van Jefferson has, has a chance yeah. to be a really good receiver for that and, team. And then they have question marks at running back, too. Sure. I mean, they had to go and make the trade for Sony Michelle after... Uh, who, who? Another Georgia running back with broken knees. Weird. <laughs> I mean, like, and you mentioned that in, the, in a text, and I was like, well, they're going after, what did I say, Terrell Davis. Terrell next. Davis, I mean, yeah. You want to throw back to, like, the original Georgia running back with broken sure. knees. Um, but, no, yeah, I just, yeah, I like the Rams here. I don't like what the Bears are doing to start mm-hmm. the season. I think Matt Nagy's being ridiculous by... Running Andy Dalton out there, and I if mean, the if the Rams are going to have a special season with uh, Stafford, they need to start out Week One with mm-hmm. a kind of a I wouldn't say a statement because it's just the Bears, and you're probably facing Andy Dalton, uh, barring an injury. He's uh, so like it's not really like a statement, but 
It still is. Like, you know, like the, the Bears are known for their defense more than offense. They come out and just smack them yeah. and do whatever they want on offense. That, that's, that can set them up for yeah. huge momentum to start the season. That's just, and Andy Dalton's not the red rifle no. anymore. He's like the red rider pop gun from a Christmas story. Like, that's basically what it is. He'll shoot your eye out. Like, watch yourself. Yes. That's where uh, it's a matter of time before Justin Fields makes his debut. Uh, I, I think so, too. Uh, Ravens versus Raiders on Monday Night Football. I think I know how this one's going, too. Uh, Ravens need a bounce-back season. A little bit down after uh, Lamar's MVP season the year before. Um, they have some more weapons. I, I don't, I'm not one to trust that Sammy Watkins is going to be there. His, his career has proven that, yeah, he'll have some big games, but the injuries will pile up and he won't be there. They still have a really talented team. Running back's the question. I did see that they're working out Le'Veon and someone else. Uh, it was Le'Veon and Devontae Freeman. Yep. Devontae Thank Freeman, you. yep. Um, yeah. Ty has them. T- the Ravens winning. I also think the Ravens are going to win. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a very good season for the Raiders, but especially Monday Night Football. Ravens, national TV, got to make a statement. And I just said that for the last matchup, too. But Well... I just I, I mentioned last week I have my concerns with the Ravens running game being as effective as it has been the last few years, and that's nothing to do with Lamar Jackson. That is purely the state of their offensive line, mm-hmm. having downgraded from Orlando Brown Jr. to Alejandro Villanueva. And also, I mentioned Justice Hill. It was like, they're going to have to give a lot of run to Justice Hill. Well, now Justice Hill is gone, too. Yep. So it is Gus Edwards, mm-hmm. Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards. And Gus he is not J.K. Dobbins. He's not what Mark Ingram was a couple years ago. He's a decent running back. Yeah. But he's not the guy you want as your lead running back. And so I don't see the Baltimore offense being as proficient as it has been the last few years, even with all the receivers they've added. And, I mean, again, if they think they're going to rely on Sammy Watkins to bring stability to that passing game, as a Chiefs fan, I can tell you, Stability is not something that is a trait that you can identify with Sammy Watkins. Random note about the uh, Raiders. We've, we've talked about it extensively, how poor of a job, in our opinion, that uh, Mike Mayock has done as a GM. Mm-hmm. They had another major uh, player transaction this week that is another notch on his... Uh, Downfall as a GM, I should say. The, uh, the negative, a negative notch on the back yes. post, if you will. So uh, last year they drafted uh, Taylor Muse, I believe is the name, a linebacker out of Clemson. Uh-huh. In the third round, he missed the entire season with injury and now has been cut. So if they already had in that class a uh, receiver, uh, Bowden, out of Kentucky that mm-hmm. they traded before they even... Lynn Bowden. Thought, yeah, yep. fantastic talent. Obviously, we haven't seen much of him overall, but they had him, and then uh, the, you have Taylor Muse, and then there was another uh, player that apparently they acquired, so gave up capital for. I, I wish I would have written his name down, but uh, along with Muse, got cut this week, where they gave, gave up compensation. The guy never hardly ever played a game for him, and he's gone. So wow, uh, yeah, the downfall of the Mayock. Era is, is still in full effect. Um, so you had Ravens, right? Obviously. No, actually. Oh, no, you have the Raiders winning. And here's why. I think okay. the Raiders, 
there is still talent on that roster. You've got Josh Jacobs back. Mm-hmm. You still have a pretty solid offensive line in general. Sure. Yeah, they don't have Trent Brown. They don't have Gabe Jackson. But, I mean, they've, they've got Colton Miller in there. They went out and got Alex Leatherwood. And, yes, we do think he was a reach. But he was still a solid tackle. Yeah. And he should be definitely a serviceable left tackle for them. Um, they lost Robbie Hudson. But Derek Carr is fired up. And he is motivated to try and prove himself. <clears throat> Henry, you got Henry Ruggs in year two. Um, Darren Waller is a fantastic tight end. And there is some players on that defense. You think Max Crosby. Um, <clears throat> like it's, there, there's talent there. And I just think this is, this is their first game that they're going to have Raiders fans live in, like live to play in, in front of in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. And I think the Raiders are going to be particularly motivated to try and impress on Monday Night Football with this first time being in front of a live crowd in Vegas. I think they're going to pull an upset over the Ravens. I they, am going Raiders. They do usually play pretty well in those because they're almost always on that first they, Monday night football. Yep, and they played the Chiefs on a, it was either Sunday night or Monday night uh, late in the season last year. Almost upset the Chiefs in Vegas, and that was without fans. I mean, sure. this is a team that you know with like, and it is at it is yeah, Vegas. I don't know. It's there. I mean, I mean, we don't really. So last year was their first year in Vegas. So, so this is literally their first time yeah, with fans in Vegas. Sure. I think they are. I think that's going to be some extra motivation, and I think along with the Ravens question marks, I think that's going to be enough. Where I'm not saying the Raiders are going to do anything this year, but I think that's going to be enough for them to want to make a statement on Monday Night Football. Sure. So yeah, I'm going. I'm going Las Vegas. Vegas. All right, and uh, another just matchup of note: uh, Steelers versus Bills. Um, Ty is all over the Bills this year. As he should be. They're a very talented team. Um, so he has Bills winning that. I have Bills winning that. I I think this is really, really the year that we're going to see the downfall of, of Ben Roethlisberger. I, it should have been last year. They had cupcake schedule. last year. It started last year. Yeah, then, but the, the record didn't show how bad no. they really were. So they had a cupcake schedule, and they even struggled and with teams that they shouldn't have struggled with as an undefeated team. And go figure they wouldn't have themselves a great preseason. Yeah. Uh, they... Uh, yeah, I. Everyone's. I even was talking to a guy the other day. Everyone thinks like, oh, this is the new big Ben. He's all. He's in shape. He's motivated. Honestly, like, read into the like the beat writers that actually follow the team. They're like, Ben always shows up looking like. Not that. Brooke Pryor. This isn't. This isn't anything new. Like everyone always makes a big deal about. Oh, Ben looks slimmer, and it's just like, yeah, because you haven't seen him for eight months. <laughs> <laughs> like. He showed up, and he did, in my opinion, he did look a little bit slimmer. And maybe he is, but, but he didn't look that much. Like, And at this point in your career, is it going to make that big of a difference? If you weren't taking care of yourself your entire career, and you're just going to lose weight in your final season or final couple seasons, is that going to help you that much? And especially my with opinion, a guy no. like that, is you've already, you're already injury prone. You've taken sure. so much damage and so many yeah. big hits over the years. Like, So now you're, sl- you're slender, <laughs> so that means those hits are going to hurt a little bit yeah. more like tom brady took care of himself his entire career that's why he yeah like he he got the the way like where he's at because he cared about his body every yeah. step of the way it's not something he did the last few years just to gain a couple years at the end of his career he wanted longevity he and he got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i mean really like big ben's uh, off doing you know unspeakable things in uh bar bathrooms and you know tom brady's married yeah. Uh, to a supermodel who makes mm-hmm. sure that he takes care of himself. Yep. Huh. I don't um, think Big Ben playing, winning a Super Bowl at 43 years old. No. So. 
I don't see Big Ben winning much more, period. So, yeah, I'm also going Bills. because I, I, I think this one could be a big blowout. I do, too. I, I, I think, I think this, this could be, be ugly. a very big wake-up call for for the Steeler Nation. I think this is going to be a big wake-up call for a peop- like fans and media the, across the NFL. The last game the Steelers played should have been the wake-up call. Yeah. I gave up 50-plus points in a playoff Pull me game. once. Shame on you. Pull me <laughs> twice. Well, you're a dipshit, and that's kind of how anybody who's picking the Steelers to do much this year. You're going to feel like a dipshit at the end because you're kind of being a dipshit. So, uh, no, absolutely. The Steelers are going to be a complete dumpster fire this year. Oh, we went out and got Najee Harris. Oh, we, you know, we got Pat Fryermuth. And, you know, we're going to we're gonna throw it back to the old days. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris is going to be better than Le'Veon Bell. And, nah, man, not with that offensive line. Like, that offensive line cratered down the stretch last season. And, yes, this is a new season. But it's like, oh, well, we took away – you know, three of the old guys from that offensive line. So Would that means we're going to be better, <laughs> right? No, because you didn't invest draft picks to yeah. replace them. You didn't go sign high profile. You got Trey Turner. Trey and Turner was, hasn't looked like himself the last couple of years. There was, and there was good offensive linemen on the board that they could have taken instead of a running back in mm-hmm. the first round. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it's it's going to be ugly, man. And I, what we've I, seen I, with that defense is they play to the level of their competition. Sure. So. Yeah, and I mean that that defense does have some good pieces like oh, Fitzpatrick, T.J. Watts, T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, uh, Bush, uh, Bush, yeah. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Bills are out to show that they're for real, and Bills are motivated. Is, yeah, I, like we could be talking, you know, like forty-five, like ten, yep, or something. Like this, this is going to be an ass kicking. Yeah, and the final game. I didn't. I just wrote it in because I know I I didn't even like think I needed to wait uh, for what what your prediction is. Obviously, Chiefs and Browns big matchup, uh, playoff rematch um, from last year. Fantastic game where anything was possible. Anything was possible. Um, he showed bigger balls in that moment than Kirk Cousins has in his entire career. Yep. And not, that's not a dig at you, Minnesota fans. I'm real sorry. You know, Skull, I'm, I'm with you. But, uh, no, that's, yeah, our backup quarterbacks, you know, he's, he's carrying some big balls around. It's like that, that meme from South Park where Randy Marsh has, has a wheelbarrow where he's carrying his balls around. Yeah. Chad Haney has got big balls. Um, but, uh, no, then that was, that's something where it's so funny is, you know, I'm all about alliteration. I, I love alliterative words and phrases and stuff. Well, phrases, obviously, but. Vindictive vibes. I would love that. Love that so much. But Cleveland, you're thinking you're going to bring your vindictive vibes in the Arrowhead Stadium. Just come on. Come on. It's a whole new year. Your vindictive vibes. You had two-thirds of a game to beat beat the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes. You didn't do it. Nope. You think you're going to do it when the Chiefs are coming off a Super Bowl loss and an embarrassing one at that? Nope. And how Andy Reid does in opening games? And how Patrick Mahomes does in opening games. And, and how he had a better offensive Patrick line Mahomes. than the last and time he played them. With a completely <laughs> revamped offensive line. Yeah. Like, yeah, Miles Garrett, I'm sure, will give uh, uh, Brown and and Niang, whoever he winds up against, some trouble. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Jadavion Clowney will make, like, one impressive play or something like that randomly and then be a non-factor the rest of the game. Or hurt. He'll get pressures and not actually get to the quarterback because mm-hmm. that's his entire career. Yeah. So no. Uh, yeah. Chiefs all the way, man. Like yeah. Chiefs are pissed. Chiefs are out. It's, this is a statement right now. We are, we are ready to like. Mahomes isn't kidding when he says the only record he cares about this year, the only one he's interested in, is twenty and zero. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, I love that so much because that, that's just where he left it. And well, twenty and zero. I mean, you'd have to be going to the Super Bowl to. Oh, like, yeah, he wants to win the whole damn thing and be undefeated. And if there's anybody in the league who can do it, it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So that brings us. We gave you our uh, division winners prediction last week and broke down how we thought the divisions would go. Super Bowl predictions. Ty has an unorthodox one that I didn't think he would stick with after the flag we gave him last week, but Ty is going with the Bills, and he said last week he has the Bills winning at home to go to the Super Bowl, I believe, uh, against the Chiefs, and then he has a rookie quarterback, Trey Lance, leading the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Um, He has the Bills winning. Um... But I think we all we both agreed with Matt. I think that the 49ers will have a good team, but mm-hmm. I think it's really hard for a rookie quarterback. It's and, never happened. And Matt's I think Matt nailed it on the head when he yeah. said they're going to either start Trey Lance a week too early or a week too, too late. late. Yep. And it will inevitably cost them maybe the one seed or maybe sure. like our home field games in the playoffs or maybe a playoff position altogether. Yeah. It's not to say that I don't think that the 49ers can make the playoffs and have a fantastic season. We have seen rookie quarterbacks do that. Yeah. The last one, Dak Prescott led a 13 and three Dallas team uh, in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. I think that Trey Lance has every opportunity to do that with the talent around him on the 49ers, but going to a Super Bowl as a rookie is a completely yep. different experience. And he would have to most likely face some combination of Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Tom Brady Russell Wilson. That's those are some really good quarterbacks. You're gonna ask, yeah, you're gonna ask a guy who's not going to start for that <laughs> one. You're gonna ask a guy who does he even start half the yeah. season. And here's the thing is out of the five first round quarterbacks, he looked the least impressive. Absolutely. During preseason, I agree. and again, it's the preseason, sure. and that that shouldn't that's not an, in, an indicator of how it's going to go during the regular season. But at this point in time, he seems the least prepared to make an impact as a starter sure. out of the five. And to to I mean, I, who knows where we're going to be, how things are going to be looking in January, right? So, and if Ty is correct, and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if Ty is correct, <laughs> but. Um, I just, there's no way, like, the Bills, possibly, I'm going to say no, obviously, but yeah. um, I just, I don't, I don't see how that can happen. Not the Niners. So, who do you have? So I'll tell you who I have. I have Chiefs Packers. I really think that Aaron Rodgers. Bastard. Oh, and you, you have the same. Here's the thing, and I do, like, <laughs> earlier today when I was getting ready to get, you know, to come down and record, like, I was literally, I was like. NFC was hard for me. But NFC is really hard. That's really hard. I I don't want to believe that Brady's going to do it again. And he kind of, like, if anything, I believe in, like, like patterns. Yeah. He's gone to every other. Yeah. He hasn't, there hasn't been a point recently where he's gone to back to back. Mm -hmm. So I believe that the Bucs will have a fantastic season, even win their division. But a motivated Aaron Rodgers is last year. It's just, you know, like that Cinderella type. Thing, but then he has to face the guy who, with similar arm talent, who's compared to him all the time, Pat Mahomes. I I think it would be a fantastic game, but I have the Chiefs beating the Packers. And because I mean, I looked at it, and I mean, like unquestionably, I have the Chiefs. I mean, I I have said it on 
pretty much any show leading into this, whether it's this or tapped in, like anywhere that I've had the opportunity to say, it, I do think the Chiefs are winning the whole damn thing again this year. I think we are we have the best roster, we have the deepest roster, the most talented roster, and I think the most motivated roster, and a quarterback that is pissed off from last year, and a lot of players that are pissed off from last year. Absolutely. So I think a perfect storm is coming together. Obviously, health, you know, we'll, we'll see, but um, health permitting. But that's, I, the NFC, I was like, man, I, Seattle, I don't like. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs, but I think that they're just, there's too many question marks. I just went into my concerns with the Rams, you know, otherworldly defense. Sure. Love Matthew Stafford. But if that offensive line falls apart at any point, they're in big trouble. Um, Arizona's not there yet. Uh, San Francisco, we you know, I already talked about. Uh, I look at any threats down south, like Tampa Bay. Yes, I don't see them repeating. I don't see them going back again. Part of me would love to see Chiefs Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I just don't think the Buccaneers – I think this team is coming into this season so cocky. Mm-hmm. Like The Chiefs were talking run it back last year, and they damn near did it. The Buccaneers seem like their heads are just so freaking swollen right now and just like, oh, man, they're on top of the world. It's like they are in for a, a sharp wake-up call at some point. It's the Super Bowl and, high. Every team goes yeah, through it. Yeah, and we like we saw how close the Chiefs could come. The Buccaneers aren't the Chiefs. Right. And Tom Brady is the GOAT, but he's not capable of doing things in the regular season to get his team in position to get the one seed at this point in his career that Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes is. Sure. Uh, so I just don't see, and obviously we've talked about the Saints and everybody. Yeah. And then out east, I want to say the Cowboys, but I got burned last year. Um, <laughs> hey, man, I've been there. <laughs> like, I got burned, and so I don't want to pick Cowboys Chiefs two years in a row. And yeah. so the logical conclusion was that this is the year that Aaron Rodgers gets the Packers over the hump. And I think they probably are the best team in the NFC. And the he's one, pissed off. He wants to make it The happen. one thing holding me back is like, every, like, the, Every year, or every other year at least, since they won the Super Bowl, which is over over 10 years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, you think like, okay, this is the year that Aaron Rodgers gets him back. This is the year that he gets him back. And he hasn't even gotten him back. Yeah. So that, that's the one thing that's like that sticks in the back of my mind. I'm like, there's always a team that seems to come out of nowhere, and then they beat the Packers in the playoffs, whether they spank them like the 49ers did with Colin Kaepernick back in the day, or they lose a close game. Or like, like the 49ers did two years ago. Right, yeah. Oh, good point. Um, but Sorry, Dave. If <laughs> but, yeah, like there's always that team that comes out of nowhere that seems to, like, in the NFC, that you're not expecting to be a Super Bowl team, and then all of a sudden they are. They whether the, No matter their flaws. So, like, I could see the Seahawks – just because you can never count out a team with a top five quarterback. They can get hot at any time. And that's what I thought they were going to get out of Russ last year. Maybe it was an eye-opener, and they, in their opinion, they did improve their offensive line quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So well, it, that's going to be something to monitor, but I, I have to stick with the Packers because I just don't see it out of any NFC team at this moment. Any other? If there was a, any team that could pull off a surprise... I honestly will say I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised, but not shocked if Atlanta somehow did it. Because sure. they do have the quarterback, and they mm-hmm. have some players. I mean, Calvin Ridley is ready to step up be that number yeah. one receiver. I think Kyle Pitts is in for a great season. I think them going to get Mike Davis was a really smart pick. It's very yeah. reminiscent when they went and got Michael Turner yeah. back in the day. Um, just you know, a bowling ball type 
running back who's going to help you be a ball control team and their defense should be improved and arthur smith is a first-year coach we've seen him do wonders in tennessee the last couple years with ryan Tannehill. yep so like if there were were a team to jump out i wouldn't be shocked if it was them but yeah i just it just seems like this is the year where it's some sometimes obviously we always see so many surprises but sometimes the most sensical answer is the one directly in front of you sure is the most obvious answer Mm -hmm. and I think this could be a, a, that, the case this year in which it is the Packers. All right. So two of us have Chiefs back. Last year, we had a lot of similar teams, but it was, have the same. You and I, you had, I think, Chiefs Seahawks. Seahawks. I had Chiefs Cowboys, and then Ty had Colts Seahawks. Yeah. So yeah. there was repeat teams, but no, yeah, nobody had the yeah. same matchup. So you um, and I actually had the same matchup, and then Ty is going just, whew. Which is great, yeah. And then in our picks, Ty and I had all the exact same picks, and you had two. I always have to stray away. That's why. That's why <laughs> well, I had, yeah, we don't I want everybody have the same. Year, like halfway through the season, and Ty took it, and yeah. then I was just hell bent on picking against. <laughs> yeah, we were. We had to get kind of reckless with our picks to try to catch up to him. Um, I got very reckless. But before uh, college football. We need to get into some college yeah, football. Yeah, we didn't get to talk we're last about week. Football that hasn't happened yet. We're making sure. predictions. Let's talk about some things that did. Happen. Yeah, I was hoping that we would have had time last week to pick the games that we had because we had a lot of ranked matchups yep. last week. Like I said earlier in the show, more than any other week one in the last like fifty to I want to say it was actually nineteen fifty, so seventy years ago. Um, we had Georgia versus Clemson was the highlight, uh, or shouldn't say highlight because it was. Very boring game overall. Yeah, freaking um, like, uh, like 10 to three. Yeah, and yeah. with a pick six, if I'm not mistaken, was the touchdown yeah. too. Yeah, uh, DJ um, Youngo Ailey had a tough time. Yes, very tough time. Yes, uh, Georgia just moved up to number two, so the number one and two, Georgia, Alabama now. Just out of curiosity, um, who would you have picked in that game? I was going to pick Clemson. I would have I, like you. We actually, I, not that we did. I shouldn't have even started the way I was going to. Uh, but the way DJ Ungalele played last year without Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he had the one game against uh, Notre Dame where it wasn't even on him. He played fantastically. Mm-hmm. They lost very close. Um, it just it seemed like the hype was in their favor. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know much about Georgia other than <coughs> uh, JT Daniels. Um, that just seems like the type of game that Georgia usually loses. Mm-hmm. So I stuck with the what I thought would happen, and you know, like it was a fantastic game. Could have went any, either way, but uh, yeah, Georgia pulled it off, and that's a that's a huge win to start the season. Like absolutely uh, massive, massive momentum mm-hmm. win. If it puts a lot of pressure on Bama and the other teams in the SEC, if it, like if Bama slips up at any point, like. They, I'm, they're in different divisions, but they could still like take that top spot at number one, mm-hmm. and uh, both or Bama have a, a freshman quarterback, so that slip up could happen at any point. Very true. Uh, but getting to the next game, Bama was also in a ranked matchup. I, we said when we were talking about the games before the show last week that that kind of like you hope that Miami can stay in it and it can create a good story to start the season. Or a kid that we like a lot, Derek King. Um, but it kind of smelled <laughs> like then, a game that would be a blowout. And then, yeah, you see that score around halftime. And it's, it's, if, you're, if you weren't watching the game, I wasn't watching the game. I, w- I was working and then just happened to see the scores. Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, and I think I literally texted him. I was like, yeah, so so much for, you know, Derek King thrusting himself in the Heisen race. And not that that, like, completely and not that we thought it was going to happen, but it just right. would have been fun if it happened. And, the guy, I mean, the guy can still have a fantastic season to be in the Heisman race, and he could even still win it. Uh, you don't have to be undefeated no. to win the Heisman Trophy. But, but that is starting your season getting just That is the epitome whipped. of, yeah, just putting your wrong foot forward. Yeah. That was not good. It was forty-four to thirteen was the score of that game, and it wasn't even that close. No, like it, it very easily could have been very first, worse. First career start, Bryce Young, four touchdown passes, mm-hmm. just looked like a savvy vet, right? And that is scary. Uh, another game, Penn State versus Wisconsin. It was twelve versus nineteen. Penn State won oh. sixteen to ten. It was zeros. That like it was yeah. like was it zeros at halftime? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, people call that game. Here's what I don't like. People call that game ugly, but they call Georgia Clemson a defensive battle. Well, it's the SEC. Yeah, They're, the narratives for those two games should be ex- I they both pretty much ugly. exactly the They're same. Both ugly. They're both ugly. Defensive games are always ugly because mm-hmm. people like to see touchdowns by the offense. Good defense is ugly, right? Or. Good defense is beautiful, like the next game. We're ah, talk about. <laughs> nice. Uh, because mine and Zach's Iowa Hawkeyes uh, took on another top 20 team, Indiana, at home to start the season. And ironically, this was supposed to be our matchup for championship week last year. That's right. Uh, before COVID hit. And then they said, no, it's going to be Michigan because Indiana can't play. And then Michigan got COVID. And then Missouri got COVID. And Iowa never got to play again after their eighth game. But essentially, I remember that was a big uh, fuck you to both the end schools, Michigan and Missouri. Both yeah. the Thai schools, actually. Yeah. Ty went to Mizzou and he's from Michigan. He's a huge Michigan fan. So, yeah. Fuck you, Ty. And your teams. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but fuck your teams, yes. Yeah. I will put on a defensive fucking. Highlight that show. was yeah incredible game, uh, especially by Riley Moss. Uh, two pick sixes. Two, two pick sixes. Oh no! What did I just do? He two had more return yards than any receiver for Indiana had receiving yards. He was the leading receiver for Michael Penix on the day, uh, with eighty-five re- return yards. Well, Michael Penix last year was fun, <laughs> but. Uh, I, Hey, I, I think that he can still have a fantastic season. The one, like, kind of weak part of their team, and not saying that, like, their offensive line is not supposed to be bad. Yeah. They're supposed to be, like, an average unit. But Iowa's defensive line put pressure on him all day. He was making bad decisions with the ball. But it speaks to the talent of Iowa's defense. And yep. that was something that I read about going into the season. And I, I knew it would be deep because we had players that came back that probably shouldn't have come back. Like, mm-hmm. they could have... Could be on rosters in the NFL, but that especially that back seven uh, played incredibly. Uh, three three interceptions on the day, like we said, two pick sixes. Uh, won the game thirty four to six, and that's with us only scoring three points at, after the the half. So um, this week, Iowa has Iowa State with College Game Day. Now a top ten matchup. So Iowa. Just came out that they are number ten. Iowa State dropped to number nine because of their performance against Northern and Iowa. Almost Northern lost Iowa. against you and I. That scares me, actually, as an Iowa fan. When yeah. they play bad against Northern Iowa, they, they come, come out, out the next balls to the wall against out. Iowa. And I think that's going to be a great game, regardless, because 
Is they it, need to win that. Is it in Ames or Iowa City? Ames. It was in Ames last time. Uh, that was the game that got delayed by like four hours. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Yeah. Iowa kicked all field goals to win. Um, yeah, it was all field. Yeah, 18. I think we won 18 to 17 in that game. That's like six field goal. goals. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the most impressive kicking performance I had ever seen mm. by a college kicker. He kicked on <laughs> uh, field goals from at like four different times, like weather conditions. It oh, was shit. like unreal the, what our kicker went through that day to like make six for six on kicks. Um, but yeah, that. That was a game that I was scared of to start the year. Like, in, I mean, the first two weeks before Iowa still scare me. That's that's two top fifteen matchups or top twenty matchups, should say, um, and one of them being a rivalry. It's, that's a tough first two weeks. Luckily, we got the the ranked matchup against a conference opponent out of the way, and we won that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, Iowa State can't really affect us in the conference, but I always want to beat those. Those guys in well, and, if, and given that it's a top ten matchup now, if you beat them, that's the biggest that that thrust oh, yeah. that thrust that, Iowa directly into competition for winning the Big Ten. Yeah, and we, uh, you've got question marks with the other contenders. Yes, yeah. like Penn State had an impressive win. Yeah, um, Ohio State. I'm they struggled more than they should have against Minnesota. Yep, and also had the benefit of an absolutely bullshit call, but. Well, no call, but yeah. Well, uh, Michigan State looked good to start the game, but what Northwestern come back on them? I mean, there was question marks all over the Big Ten. Mich- Michigan, they look great mm-hmm. against Central Michigan or Western. Was it Central or Western, Western Michigan? Central Michigan played Mizzou. That's right. Uh, so against Western Michigan, but they also lost, you know, one of their best offensive playmakers in Bell. Mm-hmm. It's a big blow. Yep. Uh, and then a top 25 matchup, uh, Texas-Louisiana. Um, I think we're seeing Louisiana being – this is not the same team as it was last year. I think we're going to see that a lot out of a lot of the, like, I come out of nowhere, agree. like, teams from last year. I mean – because And the thing is, it wasn't that – like, it sounds impressive, a 20-point victory for Texas. It wasn't. Like, there was points mm-hmm. in that game where it was a lot closer. So, yep. it was – Texas ran away late. And, you know, B. John Robinson, they're, they're incredibly talented sophomore running back. Like, mm-hmm. he, he had a great game, but I, it's, it was a good start for Sarkeesian, but they not as, to go. yeah, like, you look at it, they beat the number 23 team, 38-18. Sure. That doesn't tell the whole story. No. So. Uh, and then a game that we noted, uh, just for, for narrative purposes, because we like a good story in college football, and we will get to uh, that player yeah. later. In our toast segment, but Notre Dame uh, defeated uh, Florida State, which was expected. Notre Dame was top ten or number nine this week or last week. They'll be higher this week because I know Iowa State's nine. Um, but they defeated Florida State, but it, they had to take take it to overtime to do it. Yep. And they were up big in that game and allowed Florida State to come back. Um, Mackenzie Milton, the guy that we want to talk about, he did not start the game. Um, but he made plays in that game when mm-hmm. when entered in that that mattered, especially in the comeback. Mike Norvell might have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He might have two. The, yeah, the other kid, true. while he did throw interceptions, uh, is a little bit younger and he showed mobility. It was, which is and the game was in South Bend. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're playing in one of the toughest mm-hmm. toughest environments in college football. Yeah. Uh, with fans in the stands. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Notre Dame looked great at times, and then at times you're just like, oh, okay, this is a team that if they play those 
top five teams in the Power Five conferences that I don't think that they're going to do very well. So I'm hoping that this Notre Dame team doesn't sneak into the playoffs some, somehow because uh, they We've like, got, we'll like have a usual, blowout coming. Yes, like usual, will not deserve a to be boring there. ass blowout. Yep, and then um, a certain rat bastard pissing and moaning about it. We'll get to that rat bastard in a little bit. Um, but of note, three upsets as well this weekend. Uh, unranked teams beating uh, top 20 teams. LSU lost to UCLA. North Carolina. Uh, potential number one overall pick didn't look very good. Um, no, Mac Brown came out and was like, yeah, we got humbled. Yes, so. Virginia Tech uh, tends to do that in Blacksburg. They're kind of like mm-hmm. that team that no matter how they're doing overall on the season, if you have a top 20 team that's not Clemson, that comes into Blacksburg, uh, Blacksburg right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially at night, which that game was, right? No. No, it was in the middle of the No, it was, it was afternoon, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Good luck. That that crowd is loud, and they will well, get right into that. And with LSU, I mean, it has to. It should deserves to be said that Chip Kelly had that UCLA team hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, they looked pretty damn good. Yeah, Coach O is uh, getting a lot of flack because the video came out of him walking into the stadium, giving some fans uh, for UCLA some crap, and he goes, "Yeah, we're gonna whip you in your sissy blue shirts." And then he got beat. So that's that's not a good look. Handily. Yes, and then the final top 20 team that uh, lost was uh, Washington losing to Montana. The Grizz, not good. Not good. Not and their FCS uh, as well. All. Yes. Yeah. Not great. And, yeah, because it was three FCS teams that had victories over FBS teams this weekend. Really? And, almost I mean, a fourth. Almost a almost fourth. Almost a fourth. AKU, you rushed the oh, field for almost, a, almost five, because, I mean, you and I was right in it with Iowa State. You, that was a 16 to 10 win you, for you, Iowa State. You rushed the field for beating South Dakota. Hey, give the Yotes some credit, man. I actually uh, went to football camp at South Dakota throughout throughout high school. Oh no, 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 no. that's no, nothing I, to take I, away from South Dakota. But <laughs> you, there's a reason you don't see FCS teams win very often at FBS teams in the <laughs> openers. And again, no. KU, you, you rushed the field. South Dakota is that team that everyone should blow out. Like it's not like they're a. They're not North Dakota State. They're not South Dakota 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 State. State. Like they are the Bison or the Jackrabbits. Shit, they're not even North Dakota. No, like they of those four teams through in. They're the they're the worst of the four. Yes, by far. Um, yeah. There's jokes about online about people are like, well, maybe KU will crack the top twenty-five this week. As yeah, you know who might end up coming close to cracking top twenty-five at some point if they continue to play like they did. Last Saturday, though. My K-State Wildcats, baby! 24-7 over Stanford. <clears throat> Out in Jerry World. They are they are my Big 12 dark horse. I think that they could they could be a team that, because people, unless you're a fan of that team, and I only know because of being friends with you, mm-hmm. uh, they played really well to start last season, and injuries kind of derailed what could have been a really special year. Injuries and COVID just constantly <laughs> shuffling lineups. And yeah, and the again, what was a dirty hit on Skyler Thompson, and you know, separated his shoulder. Well, because you think about it, like even last year, the top two were Oklahoma and Iowa State. They both lost two games. Yep. So like Kansas State, if they don't have those injuries, could have been right in it up mm-hmm. until the end. And I think that they will be in that top three to four ish in the Big Twelve. And if Iowa State screws up or 
uh, Oklahoma screws up or whoever else is up there, like they only have to drop one or two games. Yeah. K State can be right in that mix for the I really, big 12 title game. I really like the leadership of Skyward Thompson. Mm-hmm. And just, they had, you know, offensive line is deep and it played very well, but it was the defense that really showed out. And they had just, they were getting pressure on Stanford all day. And, mm-hmm. and I had uh, one of my best friends, Jason, text in our group chat during the game. Like, I mean, was, I don't know if this is, if we're really good or if, if Stanford's just really shitty. And I said it's somewhere in between, but what cannot be taken away is that we are, and yes, we end up giving up like oh, essentially a garbage time touchdown, like yeah. like three minutes to go. Um, but I was like, we were pitching a shutout against a team coached by a four-time Pac-12 coach of the year. My one of my like, top three favorite coaches in college football. David Shaw is an outstanding coach. Yeah, and like that's the thing is Stanford will most likely get there if they can figure out which quarterback to go with because they they played both quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is. The I, I can't remember what his name is, but one of the quarterbacks who, who was playing McKee, I think, mm-hmm. uh, he was like they showed the quarterbacks that were above him in his recruiting class. He was like right behind like Tua and um, Justin Fields, and oh, wow. there was I can't remember who the other two names were, but Lawrence. it was like it wasn't Trevor. Well, Lawrence Trevor and, was the next year. No, Lawrence and Fields were in the same class. Maybe it was maybe it was the War okay, it was the so, Lawrence Fields. If it uh, was, JT Daniels was on it. Okay. And then then I can't remember who the fourth guy was, but and then it was this quarterback for for Stanford. Mm. And this was him making his first start. Like and so I mean they've had David Davis Mills the third the last the last couple of years, but I mean the Stanford will get it figured out. Mm. But this is somewhere in between, I think. Like this is this is a good win for K State. Definitely for sure. a good, good start. And you saw the guy I've talked about, Deuce Vaughn, come out and make a statement. Right off, like, he, like, K-State, I think, had, like, third and 15, third and 12, third, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And Deuce Vaughn, one cut, boom, gone, 50-something-yard touchdown. Yep. And it's like, he's picking up right where he left off. If not for a holding call on a 30-something-yard run, he'd have had a uh, buck 50 and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, K-State's ready to go. We're uh, <clears throat> not going to, because we, last year, we didn't really pick college football games. No. Um, we just kind of broke down what we thought would happen as far as, like, Narratives for the game. Uh, we are going to pick like yeah. two to three games yeah. each Some week. Intriguing matchups. If there's yeah. more intriguing matchups, we'll pick more. Yeah, this week is a big down week as opposed to last week as far as like overall matchups. There's more FCS versus uh, Power Five and like non Power Five versus Power Five games this week than uh, last. So the only ranked top 25 matchups are Iowa versus Iowa State. It's college game day. Back-to-back matchups where college game day is there mm-hmm. now because of the year in between. And the year before that, college game day was there for the crazy rain delay game. Uh, so 10 versus 9. And then uh, Ohio State versus Oregon, which I believe is like 12 versus like 3 or 4. Yeah. Some, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, because I think Ohio State's up to 3 because OU slipped to 4th, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. They, they were another they team that struggled. damn near lost to Tulane. Yeah. And that was, if you saw that 4th and 13th mm-hmm. play, the two-lane quarterback came about like six inches shy of getting the first down. Yeah. That would have extended that drive at the end of the game down by five into Sooner territory. Mm-hmm. And like such a bummer. And what was and it's a bummer for Tulane too, because that was supposed to be a home game. Hurricane Ida knocked yep. it to Norman. So yep. it was a road game that the Sooners got to play At in home, their own yeah. stadium. And they kudos to uh OU for like they went out of their way to uh, cater to them on that. Yep. They even like drew the Tulane wave yeah. on their field for them. Like 
it was pretty cool to see that in just in general in college football. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, I mean, Hurricane Ida is such it a sucks. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It's like we weren't even, we're not even sure yet if, uh, if New Orleans is going to be able to play mm-hmm. games at the Superdome going forward. So for a few weeks at least. Um, so yeah, we have Iowa, Iowa State, and then Ohio State, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get Ty's picks on those. He didn't really uh, say. I'm, we'll I'm assuming later. that he's going to go the big. He's he kind of is someone that usually picks Big Ten when it's uh, two Power Five schools <clears throat> like that. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I am definitely going to go with the two Big Ten schools in that. I Ohio State impressed me this week, especially mm-hmm. like freshman quarterback looked rough at the half, came out and balled out in the second half, um, and. I'm going to take Iowa over Iowa State until I'm proven wrong. I have a tough time because I really do think that Iowa State is a damn good team. They I are. love I love Brock. I Brady. think it'll I be love very Ball. close, like last time. Really like Charlie Kohler. Um, mm-hmm. I very much so want Iowa to win as a K State fan, and because I want you know your team to do well. Um, but it would benefit K State. Um, I'm picking Iowa. Yeah, I think Iowa's going to pull this off. You said it is in Ames, but it'd be fun for Iowa on the change to get to be the one. Yes, they are both technically top ten, but it would be fun for Iowa to get to be the one to go in and fuck up Iowa State. Like, this opportunity had a great season, and I know some Iowa State fans in particular that I would just love to see eat some (laughs) humble pie. Yeah, and I, Oregon playing, like, if it's, They've had success against Ohio State in the past, but I don't know enough about them yet. They they do have a new quarterback this year. Uh, Shove transferred to Texas Tech, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I, I did get to watch the Ohio State game, pretty much all of it, and they impressed me. They have yeah. so many weapons. They what We saw at Alabama's receiving core the last couple of years is what you're seeing out of Ohio State's this year. They have Chris Olave and mm-hmm. uh, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, yeah, both and both uh, projected uh, first round picks in next year's draft. Marvin Harrison Jr. They have, and then another kid who was the number one receiver in his recruiting class. Since they have weapons all over the field, uh, C.J. Stroud looks like legit quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have legit running backs. I mean, I think the talent of Ohio State is just going to overwhelm Oregon. So I'm going to take them. That. That. Um, yeah, I'll go LSU. <laughs> um, and then the grill. The grill. We got the grill. Now, I'm just going to kick this off real quick. Just have a little bit of fun. And I mentioned it to you before the show. And if you're cool with it, I'll just. Yeah. Uh, not, we're not really throwing him on the grill because his wife and daughters did that for him. Mm-hmm. But Joe Buck, Joe you are Buck. on the grill. Kansas City's favorite man. <laughs> yeah, the man with a raging heart on for Madison Bumgarner. To this day, seven years later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, the blood wasn't rushing to the brain or something because I don't know, that hard on must have affected his thinking because he was on Celebrity Family Feud. Mm-hmm. He was going against, um, oh, damn, I saw who I it was. It was someone who brought friends. Um, oh, Luke Hudson, the actor, Luke Hudson, okay. uh, Kate Hudson's brother. Um, and so it was going against him, and he brought friends. Well, Joe Buck brought his family. And so the question was, who is the smartest woman you know? I'm pretty sure that was the question. Or, like, who is a smart woman you know? Something like that. Oh, I don't think it was framed like that. I, I, it was something similar to that, but it was, I, I can't remember offhand. But, yeah, like, 
either way, like his family huddled up and they had agreed on what they were going to go with. And it was the final thing. And if they won, if they got it right, they, they would have won. Yes. And there was this they, long yeah, build up really... to it. There's a build up to it. And like he let him know there's, he says, there's only one left on the board. And even Joe said, well, uh, Congratulations to the Hudson family because you're going to win this. And then when he finally <laughs> answered, he answered in his family right away. Okay, yeah, it's, it's uh, we talked to 100 men. Name a woman in your life that's smarter than you. Okay. And, like, yeah, his, his, everybody was, was huddled up and everything. It was like... And... It was like your girlfriend... Yeah, he started congratulating the that. Started congratulating yeah. Hudson. yeah. Instead of, I'd like to congratulate the Hudson family on this win from the bottom of my heart. I cannot be more proud of all five of you. You just met. You came in here and you kicked all of our asses. And then he said, "Best friend." Yeah. And talk about just, someone you can tell was in the was in the friend zone growing <laughs> up. <laughs> like his his daughters and his wife were, they were so, so livid bad. with him. Because what was their answer? Uh, she says, like his wife Michelle is like, "What? That's not what we were going with." And. Buck didn't want to listen every once. It was, they wanted to say boss. Your boss, yes. Yeah, my boss. And <laughs> it wasn't boss. And they, they say, it's like, yeah, it was going to be my boss. And you can hear Joe Buck even say, it's like, God, please don't be up there. Boom. Your that boss. was the final answer. It was my <laughs> boss. Yeah. And like his, his family just roasts him after mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, that's our playful fun. Because I hate Joe Buck. I really, really can't stand him. I love so much how Fox had to eat some humble pie when – he was trying to interview Fernando Tatis Jr. and and uh, Liam Hendricks during the All Star game when they were performing when they're at bat and pitching, mm-hmm. and you heard f bombs being dropped on live TV on Fox. Like, well, that's what you get for having Joe Buck in these guys' ears. Um, but that was hilarious. But onto the real somebody who we are throwing on the grill, and we even talked about it last week. We had our first mention of him. We did in months. Months because we talked about how we were excited about this Notre Dame Florida mm-hmm. State game on Sunday night. Yep. Which, I mean, shame on you, college football, for not having more games on that Sunday because the last Sunday without NFL football, you could have had a full fucking slate. Instead, you wait till seven o'clock to give us a game, six thirty. But were we throwing on the group? We we mentioned last week that rat, rat bastard Brian, Brian Kelly. Kelly, and we'd hate this guy. I we talked at length about it. I've, I've I can't fucking stand it. But a lot of it isn't necessarily <laughs> like oh what a like. Like, man, just that guy makes my blood boil. And, like, a lot of it's yeah. just because he's just, we just don't like it. So, don't care for him. if you don't know this why. This time, though, wow. If you don't know why, after the game, he was asked a question about, like, the how his team performed at the end of the, basically at the end of the game after Florida State mounted their comeback mm-hmm. and having to win in overtime. And you could tell he was peeved right away by how she worded the question yep. because it was going to force him to force this homage joke. You just you just have to imagine this has been something he's wanted yes. to do. You can For tell years. on his face that he's like shit. How am I going to frame this? This is like the closest yeah. I'm ever going to have to being able to actually say this. Yeah, so he said basically went on in on his team's execution during the game. And this and is then, not this was not a word posed to no, him by the ne- reporter. Never said execution at all in her question. But he brought up execution and he goes, and you know, I was maybe I need to just execute my whole team after this performance tonight. And 
everybody online was just like, ooh, cringe, a little bit of cringy, and uh, for many reasons. And some, some background is there is a, a not legendary for his performance on the field, a legendary for his antics and his press conferences and just his quick wit, and that's John McKay. And he was former USC head coach, and he, he forayed into the NFL in the 80s, was the coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they were horrible at this time. We're talking the creamsicle Buccaneers, those awesome uniforms, yeah. don't care what anybody says. But and he was asked. And this wasn't forced. It was just a yeah. natural. Somebody asked, how do you feel about the execution of your team? I'd love to execute. Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, just <laughs> yeah. without yeah. missing a beat, he says, oh, I'm all for it. Yes. It's and fun. But people laugh. Like, yeah. and because, like, obviously, no, he doesn't want to kill his players. But they were playing so poorly, like, makes this joke. It's just like, oh, for their execution? Yeah, I'm all for it. And like, it's took also, execution in, in the different frame of word of not how they're performing and not how they're executing the plays, but them being... Kill, you know, kill. And so, obviously, he was joking. But it's one of the most legendary sure. coach quotes of all time. Because, again, it was just off the cuff, just snap of a finger, and it was just a quick wit. This was something that Brian Kelly clearly loved so much and yeah. was hell-bent on making sure that he was able to recreate that moment. And it doesn't help. Yeah, it was very, we mentioned before, it was very forced. If you watch it, you're just like, you didn't, you, you clearly went into it wanting to say that. But... <laughs> It also doesn't help that you're the head coach of a Catholic school. <laughs> Touchdown Jesus is so pissed. <laughs> Pro life? No. I mean, uh, I'm sure Jesus isn't happy either, but Touchdown Jesus is very upset. If people don't remember this, someone absolutely was, I shouldn't say was killed, died because of Brian Kelly. Making a very making a dumb, dumb decision because of the execution of his practice, the way he decided to execute this practice and said weather conditions, yeah, led to a man recording the practice session from a very Student. unstable uh, height yeah. in in a platform to that's able to be looked down on it. Yeah. And it was, there was weather that, if you were going to practice in it, so be it. You don't need to have somebody recording no, in that. Especially and on And this a, person fell. A lift. And fell from the lift and uh, tragically and died. died. And yeah. so, with somebody who has that on your resume. Maybe don't choose, make execution. Yeah, though. don't. Don't be such a rat bastard. You know, and we've talked about how we love to call him that rat bastard. Yeah, it's do. been so long now. Since January... Since we've been able to talk about him being a rat bastard, besides just a quick minute last week. And here he goes. It's like he's just like, you know what, guys? I've been feeling for you. And I know you've been missing me. And you haven't been able to talk about that rat bastard. We've gone and we've changed the platform of our show. We've added these new segments. And it's like the, the, the throw it on the grill segment was custom made for that rat bastard, Brian yeah. Kelly. And in the first week of the season, he's just like, here you go, guys. Here's Christmas in September. Brian Kelly, the NCAA, ESPN, and the NFL, this segment was made for you guys. Seriously. Those, those four. You guys are the I, four horsemen. You are, you, uh, you are our Mount Rushmore. <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of the Throat on the Grill segment is absolutely those four guys. Those and the thing that he actually did something in week one to give us reason to throw him on Let's the grill. Go. Like, I hate you so much, you rat bastard. <laughs> but I love that you did that for us. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, because I can relish how delicious it is. Yeah, and to lighten the mood, uh, 
the toast segment this week. I got a couple of them. We mentioned one of them a little bit briefly uh, from the same game as Brian Kelly. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, yes, who was the quarterback for UCF a couple years ago, who had a catastrophic injury during uh, one of their games. Team there had to amputate his knee. Yeah, or like, like um, from the knee down. Yeah, uh, some like I shouldn't say this injury was similar, to, but story similar to Alex Smith, where mm-hmm. it was very much up in the air whether he would ever play again. He ends up transferring to Florida State. Uh, and he didn't even get the start in this game, but his impact in their comeback uh, and just being able to get on the field um, was inspirational to watch. Uh, it was amazing. And we talked last year when Alex Smith got back on the field, and, and I remember because we talked about it, it's like they should automatically give him player of the year, or I'm sorry, comeback player, player of the year. year. Yeah. And you even said it's like not you worthy. You play. You're not worthy. Yeah, you have to play. You have to make a difference and mm-hmm. show like you have to earn it, not just because sure. of the story, not just because of the narrative of yep. your comeback. Yeah, and that's what Alex did. Then he was the one that led them to the playoffs. Yes, it was the worst division in arguably the history of the game, but it was he still led them to a division title. Now we didn't get to play in the playoff game, but he earned comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of the similar things. Like if McKenzie Milton even gets to see the field for Florida State, yeah. this is going to be a hell of a story. How he performed down down the stretch against uh, Notre Dame. I think it was four for six. Mm-hmm. He ended up being in that game. It um, went to show that his his path could very much so follow Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Of not only is he going to be able to play again, he might be able to play at an exceptional level. Yeah, and like like we said, he was a fantastic quarterback for mm-hmm. UCF. They still ended up going undefeated the season yep. that he uh, got injured. But that was the, uh, Gabriel Davis, their current quarterback, I believe. Was, yeah. What it was his? He was like a freshman at the time. Was uh, that Frost last season at UCF? No, or had or was it? It was Heifel's first. Was first. Okay. Um, but they that what everybody thought that that was going to derail their season. They didn't know how good Gabriel mm-hmm. Davis uh, Davis was. Uh, he ended up obviously not uh, losing until or at all. They ended up. Uh, did they go completely undefeated his first season? I, I think goal? so. Okay. Even but game? Milton, yeah. Okay. Um, but it was like with Milton, that he like you're looking at the the, the struggles that Nebraska's having mm-hmm. with Scott Frost at the helm. Now I think entering year three, um, you or maybe entering year four actually. I think it's entering year four. Uh, but you look at like some of the success he had was with Milton as his quarterback. Yeah. At like like the best season he had that undefeated season when they're like hey we want to play Bama for the yep. title that was with McKenzie Milton at quarterback yep. you look at it, it's like McKenzie Milton along with some of the other players at UCF at this point it looks like it's it's the other way around not Frost elevating them they elevated Frost I and mean, got him it's a Florida school it's not too hard to find good talent there's some are lower level recruits in Florida that end up be, like the talent level of that state is so mm-hmm. high that. You will find diamonds in the rough that's, all and, over. Like, speaking and, back to Nebraska, that's where you mm-hmm. would see is like, yes, they're linemen, they're linebackers, you know, fullbacks, tight ends. Yeah, it was all about them cornfred Nebraska boys. Mm-hmm. But when they needed, uh, you know, a stud running back or a stud receiver or something like that, they went. Mm-hmm. They went to Florida. Yep, Tommy Frazier. The other uh, toast that I have something that hits close to home. I read about it this weekend. I thought it was one of the most fantastic stories. If you Obviously, everybody knows about the wave yeah. at Iowa. Um, so something that the University of Iowa has done dating well back before that that involved the Children's Hospital is they have a kid captain every game mm-hmm. that is from the Children's Hospital. And in 2009, Kelby T. Lander was 
a kid captain for uh, the Iowa Northwestern game. Uh, I was actually at that game. Uh, and <clears throat> he was a kid who uh, lost his hearing at a young age uh, due to EVAS, is the name of the disease, had to have, or disease, uh, the, I guess you would call it, I guess, oh, it's basically a hearing, yeah, he lost his hearing and he had to have cochlear implants as a child. Um, <clears throat> ended up making a full recovery and everything, everything, it didn't end up affecting his ability to speak or anything down the line, but uh, he came back from that, was a kid captain at Iowa, uh, ended up becoming one of the better uh, prospects in the state of Iowa. And right before his senior year, he had a freak accident where he was helping repair a chandelier in his family's kitchen, and it fell, and he fell with it, and fell into a pile of glass, ended up tearing six uh, flexor tendons, oh. had nerve and artery damage, so he missed his entire senior year of football, uh, was offered a walk-on spot at Iowa, and this past weekend, he took the field as a player 12 years after he was the kid captain at Iowa. Yeah, gave me chills. Yeah, I was going to say that. Um, goosebumps. You've got goosebumps. So, yeah, I literally have goosebumps right now. Yeah. Um, just the fact that, like, everything that that kid's gone through in his life, and he takes the field for his hometown team. He's actually... From Iowa City, too, was a kid captain. Now he is a linebacker at Iowa. And from what I understand, the coaches love him. Uh, he didn't get to see actually like play on the field. He's most likely redshirting this year, as you can imagine, with all of the physical things that he had happen last year. But it's going to be a cool story to monitor, and especially if he ends say, up becoming yeah. a if, real if player. Then. There could be, yeah, this could end up being a bigger story. <clears throat> yeah. So, Kelby T. Lander, Mackenzie Melton. Cheers to you guys. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. Whoops <laughs> Daisy. I'm going to tie this here. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you for listening. We will. We're going to have, have some NFL action to talk about next week. We're going to have yes. real. It's not, it's not hypothetical. It's not what's going to happen. Mm. It's, we're going to be able to talk about what transpired. And I, for one, am so excited. I'm so excited. So happy to be here with you, man. Yeah. Let's do this. Yes. Ty. We'll be, we'll be back with us next week, mm -hmm. and we're going to cover Hopefully all. with the house. Hopefully with the Hopefully. host. A house. He's going to have the host. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>